on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. He kicks and deals. Little pop-up behind second base. Colton Wong going out, coming over Garcia. It's Avi Garcia making the catch and ending this ballgame. The Brewers beat the Giants by a final of 3-1 here in Game 1 of this four-game series in San Francisco. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City in Milwaukee with Jerry Augustine, here's Matt Pauley. Good morning, Brewers fans. 12.24 a.m. Here we are, and we're going to be here for the next hour and six minutes. Taking you till 1.30, talking Brewers baseball. This is Brewers Extra Innings after one heck of a win for the crew. That was a really, really entertaining game. A lot of nice plays made, good pitching, good at bats, just tough, hard at bats all day long by each team. When the Brewers and the Giants played at American Family Field earlier this year, that series got over, and I thought to myself, you know what? I'd be okay with this being an NLCS because this was fun, and I feel the exact same way after watching uh, this game today as the Brewers knock off the Giants by a 3-1 score. And, oh, yeah, by the way, the Cincinnati Reds, they ended up losing today, so the Brewers' magic number reduces by two, and their lead in the division all the way up to nine and a half games, and it is uh, we are entering... August 31st, the final day of August. If you want to join us, you can do so. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Let's bring in former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine. And, Augie, did you enjoy this one as much as I did? Because I thought this was one heck of a baseball game. You know, this is this is one of the games when you're you're sitting at home, the kids are in bed, bed because they got to go to school tomorrow. The wife says, you know, I, I love the game of baseball, but I'm awful tired. I'm going to go to bed. You just clap your hands and say, honey, have a nice sleep, because this game was fantastic. You talk about two teams playing a game that means a lot to both clubs. Each team went out and played hard. Corbin Burns was excellent. Got the big base hit, scored a second run, but he was excellent all night long. Just a, a very fun game to, to watch, and I agree with you. You talk about playoff baseball. This had that, that error, that essence of playoff baseball. You know, oh yeah, so sometimes when games drag on and they go better than three hours, and I love baseball. Like We've, we've established that uh, for people who listen. Like there, there's not much more than I love uh, than baseball, but uh, sometimes there are some of these games that drag on. I I didn't realize this game was over three hours. To be perfectly honest with you, this was even though this thing went three fifteen. At no point in time did it feel like it was dragging. And I know Major League Baseball talks about pace of play a lot. Pace of play isn't so much about the length of game. Pace of play is more about. Uh, the the action and every pitch mattering, and, and that's just the way this game played out today. This did not feel like it was a, a three-hour and 15-minute game. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, first of all, I have nothing against the guy just sitting up and watching the game. I think a lot of wives stay up because they enjoy it also. I know my wife was up through most of the game tonight and really enjoyed it. But, you know, it does. It seems like the pace of the game, you know, you go out, you talk. It's It comes down to, I think, Matt, you would agree with me, it comes down to execution. You look from every aspect of the game tonight, it was all about execution. It was the pitchers executing pitches at big times during the game. It was the hitters trying to put the 
the ball and play and do something with runners on the base. And it was that defense, everybody playing very, very good defense. And you put that combination together, and you, I'll tell you what, it really sets a tone for the game. And I'll tell you what, I, didn't, I thought this game, these games could go on for three and a half, four hours, but I thought this game was played so well uh, and played for the time it did. Uh, it was just so entertaining to watch. Kind of the stars of the game, Corbin Burns, six innings, gives up one run on four hits, nine strikeouts, no walks. The, the, the bullpen combo, or trio, I should say, of Brad Boxberger, Devin Williams, and Josh Hader just continues to be absolutely lights out. All three of those relief pitchers have ERAs below 2.25. It has been incredible to watch those guys. Jace Peterson goes three for three in this game. Stolen, uh, he had an RBI stolen when his uh, ground rule double went over the fence. And uh, they had to send Rowdy Telez back to third, but that doesn't take anything away from the day he had. Christian Yelich gets another hit today. He's able to extend out his hitting streak. Uh, the, Omar Narvaez had the big uh, RBI hit in there. Luis Urias uh, in a moment where they really needed a run with the sack fly. Corbin Burns helping himself there as he uh, drives in a run. So uh, just a lot of individuals who contribute to the win. Some really good defensive plays. You can think about uh, a, a play Colton Wong made. You can think about a catch on a hard line drive. Uh, from Christian Yelich. You can think about Rowdy Telez making some nice plays uh, over at, at first base. I mean, this is just one of those games where there are a lot of plays and a lot of moments that really stand out, and when you accumulate all those moments together, what comes out is a 3-1 victory for the Brewers over the Giants. Again, if you'd like to join us, we're up late, 12.30 in the morning, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. That is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. That's former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine. I'm Matt Pauley, and we'll continue on with Brewers Extra Innings after the 3-1 win over the Giants. We'll do that next here on WTMJ. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. 2-2 pitch. Struck him out looking, 97 on the black of the outside corner. Another three-up, three-down inning for Corbin Burns. He's got nine Ks through six scoreless. Just uh, just a really fun game tonight. Brewers come up with a 3-1 win, by the way, according to uh, baseball historian Doug Kern, who I love following him on Twitter. He's at DAKern74. Uh, most games with nine-plus strikeouts in a season in Brewers history. In 2011, Zach Greinke had 12. Today, Corbin Burns ties 2004 Ben Sheets with 11, so that is second on the list. And uh, Burns has fair amount of time to uh, get past Sheets, past Grinky, and maybe uh, get past Grinky as well. Brewers Extra Innings does continue here on WTMJ. If you want to join us, you can do so, 855-616-1620. That's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, or you can tweet at us, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Former Brewers pitcher uh, Jerry Augustine alongside Augie Doug texting in and says, uh, even though the Giants and Dodgers have better records, Brewers are better than both. If they beat the Braves, which won't be easy, they will go to the World Series. And by the way, Burns better be the Cy Young winner. Um, on that last part, Burns is sitting there 9-4. and four. He's got a 2.27 ERA. His strikeout numbers are, are absolutely ridiculous. His strikeout-to-walk ratio is, is as good as it gets. Uh, the opponent batting average against him. I mean, it's just uh, there's, there's a lot of good pitchers out there, and I have a hard time kind of 
evaluating and prognosticating the way that the baseball writers are going to vote on things, but it does feel like of the Brewers' big three, I would think Burns is the guy who's maybe got the best shot of winning the Cy Young Award. You know, I agree with you. I, I think that's a good uh, good take by Doug. I, I think when you talk about Corbin Burns, it's not it's, as much as he makes every start, but he goes up there and he makes some great adjustments. We saw him early in the year. He was mainly that cutters, cutter fastball, change-up sinker style guy. And then all of a sudden he got to the middle of the year and he thought that the, the opponents were, were making some adjustments. So he made another adjustment, started using that breaking ball. I think the second half of the season, since the All-Star break, he's been using that pitch. It's been a great pitch for him. And he, he now understands that he can command that for a strike. I know doing a game a couple of years ago before COVID hit, he was pitching against Seattle in, in uh, Arizona. I was watching, and it looked like he got to about the third inning, and he was just struggling with his pitches. All of a sudden, he started throwing that breaking ball, and it changed everything. I think he has been able to make those great adjustments and put the numbers up that he does. every Each and every game, he's out there. He goes uh, six or seven innings each and every game, and he doesn't walk people. He doesn't put guys on base. He makes you earn it. And I, I just think when, if there's a guy that you have to think about the Cy Young Award, I I tell you, he'd be right at the top of the list. I'm not trying to put the cart in front of the horse here, but as you do look at some of the metrics that the voters will use, ERA, uh, number one is Walker Buehler at 2.02. Burns is second at 2.27. You look at strikeouts, Burns is fourth at 189. He trails uh, Zach Wheeler in addition to uh, also on the list. Garrett Cole is uh, sitting uh, just in in front of him. And you also uh, also have uh, Robbie Ray who is on that list uh, coming in at second. So Burns is at 189 after tonight. Wheeler at 208, Ray at 202, Cole at 200. Um, let's see. Other known, his average against is at 203. That is sixth in the sixth in baseball. Bueller is number two on that with a 188 average against. Burns is at 203. Uh, his whip. Uh, he is not in the top. No, check that. He's fourth, excuse me, uh, at whip at .94. Bueller is number one. Max Scherzer, excuse me, Bueller is number two. Max Scherzer is uh, is number one. So uh, some of these some of these metrics would maybe indicate that Bueller might have more of an inside track on it right now. Bueller's got a better ERA. Uh, Bueller's got a better. Uh, whip and Bueller has a better average against. I'm not trying to put Burns down, uh, but right now it would feel like he might. But again, you go back to uh, there's other metrics out there that obviously uh, you look at what Burns has done and you really focus in on uh, from a strikeout perspective. That's the big one. Burns is in front of Bueller on that one. Burns is number four. Bueller's number eight. So if you're really valuing the strikeout, you bump him up a little bit on that one. But Burns isn't number one on that either. So I'm kind of going on and on uh, trying to evaluate it. But either way, I think we can both agree that he's he's top three at the very least. It feels like Burns, Bueller, and maybe even Scherzer would kind of be uh, in that grouping right now. Yeah, I, I agree. And you look at what 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 Corbin has done for the Brewer Ball Club, and you know he's made makes all his starts. He's consistent each and every time he he goes out. So I, you know, you, when you have a guy who goes out and does 
what he does each and every time he goes out. That's a real credit. And it's, you know, the Brewers got a great record. They're the third best record in the National League. They're winning their division by now nine and a half games. And a lot has to do with their pitching. And right now when you look at Woody and, and, and Freddie who are throwing the ball extremely well as well as the other starters, I think Corbin Burns is that one guy now that if you had a one-game series, that is the guy that you'd want on the mound. You know what's interesting about that, though, Augie, is you're right. I agree with you. But at different times in the year, any of those three pitchers were that guy. There's been times where it feels like Brandon Woodruff's been the hottest of the three. There have been times where it feels like Freddie Peralta has been the hottest of the three. I think this is kind of the second stretch for Burns this year where it feels like he's at the top of that list. But really, all three of those guys at different points during the year have kind of felt like the cream of the crop. That has been, that's a great point because we've seen it all year. Although you see uh, Woody come out and being that warrior type and just go out when they need a big game, comes in, pitches so well. And Freddie Peralta went through a, a series of several starts where he was just, he was untouchable. And that's what you get when you have the value, the value of these three starters. You know, you look into a, to playing a series. It's all about winning a series. The rest of the season, all you want to do is win series because that puts you in that mental frame of mind that when you get to the playoffs, and when you have those three guys starting for you, whichever matchup you feel is the best, and that'll be what Craig will work with. What is the best matchup for that team they're going to be playing? Uh, you could put any one of the three out there, and uh, they'll do a good job for you because they've done it all year. 3-1, Brewers get the win in San Francisco. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620, the Yankee Net Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet into the program as well, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We continue on with the program in just a moment on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. Pitch, swing a line drive, base hit to left. Peterson's going to be sent around third. The throw will go to second, and Corbin Burns helps his own cause. An RBI single for Corbin. It's 2-0 Milwaukee. 3-1. Brewers get the win tonight over San Francisco. By the way, I'm just going with tonight. I'm not doing the last night, later on today thing. I know it's 1240 in the morning, but the baseball day is still going. It's like the fiscal year. The fiscal year doesn't start on January 1st for corporations. It starts whenever they want it to start. So you know what? The baseball day is still going, and it doesn't become tomorrow until this show ends. That is my declaration, so we're still going with tonight and tomorrow when we're talking about the Brewers. That's my, uh, that's my official word. Augie, you okay with that? That's perfect with me. It's, baseball's over. That's day was when, when extra innings is over for the evening, then you can move on to the next day. Yeah, so it's tonight. Brewers get the win tonight over the San Francisco Giants. 855-616-1620. That's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet in as well, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, Mitch and Sturgeon Bay texting in says, this series is a real treat. When teams are this evenly matched, a single plate appearance can be huge. High marks for the late sack fly, waiting for a pitch to drive to right field. The third run was huge for Williams and Hayter. Goes on to say, odd play at first base there. Believe the review showed Roddy missed the tag. Yastrzemski uh, did not step on the bag, but Telez did to record the out. The key being Yastrzemski didn't contact the base, right? Yeah, I, uh, Augie, I thought that would have been a very interesting review had Yastrzemski touched first because that's probably one that still would have been 
out on call stands because there was no video evidence that showed that the tag was applied by Telez. Uh, I I don't think he applied the tag, but I don't think there's any video to prove that. If, if he would have been called safe and touched the bag, same thing. It would have been a call stands. But it was really a heads-up play by Telez to go back to first base, and all of a sudden that took any question out of whether or not the out was going to be recorded. Yeah, with Yastrzemski not touching the base, it just made it, a, an e, I think, an, an easier call for the umpires, even in review, because he didn't touch the base, and Tellers did the right thing. He, didn't, he looked at the umpire, and the umpire pointed at it, and he immediately went to the base and stepped on the base. I thought that was a, a smart play by Rowdy. I, it, it's a, a play that you need to do if you're not sure, and he continued to play until there's timeout. And I thought Rowdy did a nice job on that play, and, of course, he didn't touch the base, so he would have been out anyway. Uh, Mike in Colorado texting in says another grind out good win eerily similar to the first victory against the Giants. If needed, are Brad Boxberger, Devin Williams, and Josh Hader available to pitch tomorrow if needed? And goes on to say, uh, Jace Peterson, where would the Brewers be without this guy? He's been he's been an unsung hero. I, I don't know if they do. I think they do an unsung hero award at the end when they uh, when they yes, do the they team do. awards. Yeah, Jace yes, Peterson do. should win that. Peterson, no doubt, one hundred percent should win that award. Yeah, he's, you know, what he does for this ball club, the position, he plays all different positions. Today he was at third, he's played left, he's played right. You see him at second base, even first base. And, you know, just his at-bats are so good. I don't think he ever, I, I don't think I've ever seen him given a bat away or at least take the pitch, take the count, take the at-bat deep in counts. And he's just got that good approach. He understands the strike zone and he puts the ball in play. He's been a big part of this, this Brewer ball club and a big part of this offense uh, a lot of the year. As far as that first part of the question, Boxberger, Williams, and Hader being available tomorrow, I would say Hader for sure. He has pitched uh, three straight days on a few occasions uh, this year. He was amped up today. He was hitting 99. We haven't seen him throw that hard since very, very early on in the season. I would say Boxberger would be available as well. I don't know so much about Devin Williams. It does feel like at times they're still being a little bit more careful with Williams. It's hard to guess what's going to happen and who's going to be available, and they're going to have to have conversations with those guys when they get to the ballpark tomorrow and how they feel. But my gut says... Boxberger and Hader available tomorrow. Williams, um, not not totally sure if he's going to be. Well, I just think that what's a good. They're still with Devin taking taking a little bit easy, making sure that he that he's that where he wants to be. You know, you got to look at what he's done. What is his last two twenty two appearances? He hasn't given up a run, throwing the ball very well. I like I like what he's doing on the mound. He's locating his pitches. He's using his fastball and locating it. He's done a good job. But I still think with him probably more than you just. Said, Boxberger and, and Josh, they may give him that day off. So it'll be interesting to see, but I think everything depends on when they come to the ballpark, how they feel, and, and, and then they'll make the decision on what they would do with the, with the game tomorrow night. Mountain Badger tweeting in says, I believe last week against Cincinnati was the first time since last year that Nervaez caught Brandon Woodruff. Do you think that's going to be the new norm going forward, or might we see Manny tomorrow night? I didn't even realize. That. If, that's, if that's right, that's kind of gone over my head, to be perfectly honest with you. Maybe that's something I need to be paying a little bit more attention to. Augie, it never feels like either of the catchers are... You know, we, we've seen at times in baseball where certain starting pitchers have their personal catcher. Uh, that, that's not a case here. Like, I just, 
the when when the catcher is selected for the day, a lot of times if Manny Pena is in the lineup, it's because a left-handed starter is on the mound. That's the big reason. Or if Narvaez has just played a ton of games, or if it's day game after a night game. If that's the case about um, about Narvaez catching Woodruff. To me, that's that's just kind of an, an anomaly more than anything else. And Omar Narvaez is going to start possibly every single postseason game, and if not every single postseason game, almost every postseason game, I would assume, even against left-handers, you'll see Narvaez in there. You get those days off so it doesn't matter as much. I just, To me, this is kind of a non-thing. I, I think either catcher can catch any starting pitcher. Well, as good as these guys, these guys throw the ball, and I think that's one thing that I really respect about this ball club. And I'm not going to just talk about Burns and and Woodruff and Peralta. It goes on to Brett Anderson. It goes on to Hauser and Lauer, uh, and now Aaron Ashby. It just seems like these catchers are really in sync. What these pitchers need to do to be successful. And when you're that in sync, you don't see them shaking off the catcher too much. And that's a sign that, you know what, they all understand each other. There's respect between the pitcher and the catcher. And they know that when he puts down a number, if you execute that pitch, it, you're going to be successful. So I don't think it's anything like like you just said. I don't believe it's because of anybody pitching that a certain catcher will catch. I think there are times when a certain catcher will, will he will put a certain catcher with a pitcher when he thinks there might be need to be adjustment and the catcher maybe calls a little bit different game but I don't I don't think there's anything to it uh, Narvi will be there in the postseason probably catching every game like you just said and uh, I think they're all in sync pretty well Eddie Perez was always the uh, the personal catcher for Greg Maddox that's the one that I when I think about personal catchers that's the guy that I always think of yeah, yeah, and not a bad guy to catch. And no. you know that's just it. You know, I, I can remember some certain guys that you know you get on the mound, and when the game starts, you, you really go, you really go from the bullpen. You can feel real good, but when you get on that hill in the middle of the field and you start throwing those first few pitches, and you see what happens, you all of a sudden it just seems you know right then whether you are in sync with the guy behind the plate. You might go through an inning and then talk a little bit or anything like that. But a lot of times when you, they know, you know each other fairly well, it's, you're in sync right from the beginning. And I, I think when you work, see how Manny Pena works as hard with, with Narvi, how well they want to be behind the plate, how much they respect the guys who are on the mound, I think they work extremely hard to understand that, you know what, we've got to know what they want to do. We've got to understand there's, there's what they need to do to be successful, and we've got to go behind the plate and make some good, call some good pitches. And we've talked about this a lot. Manny Pena's um, his fingerprints are on every single game, whether he's playing or not, because when they're going through the meeting before the game, when they're going through the scouting report, doing all that stuff, Manny Pena's right there. The catchers are working together uh, during the game, and then uh, whoever's catching happens to be catching. But the, the scouting report and everything that goes along with the preparation uh, between pitcher and catcher, both catchers are involved in that on an everyday basis, and that's a that's a big contribution from Manny Pena. You know, there is he's he's turned it around from an offensive standpoint recently, but even when he was really really struggling, it was still a thing where. You got to look beyond the box score sometimes with Pena because he has a major impact on this team beyond what his batting average happens to be. Brewers get the win in San Francisco over the Giants three one as they take the first game of the four game series. You kind of go into this series saying 
hey, if you can split it, that's a good series. And now all of a sudden, by taking the first game, Brewers are in position where if they can win one of the next three, they've split. And you can also start thinking about getting greedy and maybe taking the series against the Giants. 855-616-1620. It's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Swing and a line drive, hit to right. Lamont Wade back, and he'll make the catch on the warning track. Tagging and coming in to score is Narvaez. It's a sacrifice fly for Luis Urias, make it 3-1 Brewers. That's the final score. Brewers get the win. Welcome back in. It's Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. As we approach 1 o'clock in the morning, game one of the four-game set, going to the crew along with former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine. I'm Matt Pauley, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Tax Line. You can also tweet in to the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. At Brew Crew, Squ- uh, Scott tweets in and asks uh, if I'm worried if the Brewers are getting too many good looks at the Brewers' top arms before the playoffs. And when you look at this series, uh, the Brewers sending Burns today and Woodruff tomorrow, and then they'll have uh, Brett Anderson and Eric Lauer in games three and four, respectively. Augie, I'm not. There's still a fair amount of time. Like, if the Brewers were to play the Dodgers in the first round of the playoffs, and and that's still that's uh, I guess that's not really a po- that probably won't happen. But if it were to happen, if something crazy goes down and the Brewers were to play the Dodgers in the first round, I would not love the fact that the Brewers are ending the season with the Dodgers and then opening up the postseason. But we're still we're talking about a month before the postseason is going to uh, begin. Uh, you're only seeing these guys once. You're not seeing them multiple times here. Uh, it's just, to me, that's a, that's kind of a non-thing. Yeah, I agree with you. I think when you're this early with, with uh, the Brewers have 30 games left, the Giants 31 games left, I think seeing a pitcher, I think it's good for a pitcher because you, 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 you keep your book on certain hitters. You find out what their strengths are. You make some good pitches on them. You know what the pitches you can go to. I think it really benefits a pitcher. As far as a hitter, I think you have an understanding what the pitcher throws. You know, he, he's got a good break of all, good slider. But I, I just think the, 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 the pitcher can t- get some notes and at least use them as if you would start against them in the postseason but I think it is something we have to be well aware of right now the Giants are 84 and 47 the Dodgers are 82 and 49 they're just a, there's just two games in the loss column and the Giants play us three more times and they have the Dodgers coming in this weekend so we might see, see that leadership board turn a little bit both of those teams are going to be in the playoffs there's no question but we might see that turn over a little bit would that change something? It could change some, th- some things greatly. So it's interesting, and the Brewers are not that far off uh, if they really put together, put together a, a great month of possibly getting that home field advantage. So I see, I see the Brewers coming into this. Let's win three out of four. We'll pick up two games on the Giants, and let's see where we go from here in our last 28 ball games. So it's really getting interesting, and now we start watching the games that they have to play and who they play and all these things. But there's a lot of season left, and there could be some jockeying between some high-level teams before the playoffs before we get done with this thing at the end of the year. Daniel tweets in, says the JBJ throw to hold belt to a double was a potential game saver. Says uh, it seems that JBJ's at-bats are a little better lately. Do you see a scenario where he is on the playoff roster? I was... I was 
I was really hoping that Bradley would have a nice day at the plate today because he had such a solid day yesterday in addition to a couple hits. He was hitting the ball hard yesterday. Um, today he has an 0 for, he had one strikeout. Um, I, I, it was it, it just seems like every single time there's that thought that maybe he's going to get things going, he can't really follow that up, and he's been known to be a streaky hitter, so anytime he has a big game, you think to yourself, okay, maybe this is the moment where he gets going. I still think there is a path to him being on the postseason roster because of his speed and because of what he can do defensively. You know, they could have left Kane in the game today and put Kane out in center field and then move Bradley out to, to right field. They didn't do that. They kept uh, they kept Kane. Um, they they sent him back into the dugout after he had the uh, pinch hit appearance. But Augie, it still feels like to me. There's there's a scenario where it is worth having Bradley on a playoff roster just because of what he brings to you defensively. Yeah, I think Lorenzo Kane is one of the best center fielders in all of baseball. There's no question. But you know, you you got a safety safety uh, blanket out there when when JBJ is out there. That the play he made tonight, I thought that was a huge play in the ball game of holding him to a to a double there. And uh, you know, he just he, the things he does. Uh, does on the defensive side and he does them effortlessly he really everybody understands how good he is they don't run on him and i'll tell you what when you talk about getting in the ball game and, and not letting runners advance advanced bases uh it, it really means a lot and uh i just think on the defensive side there's nobody better in baseball center field than jbj and i i would be shocked if i wouldn't see him on the postseason team Brewers get a a 3-1 win in San Francisco over the Giants tonight. The news is coming up in two minutes, and then we'll get the post-game comments and manager Craig Council after that. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Swing and a fly ball right center field. That's headed for Triples Alley. It's in the alley. It's going to hit off the warning track and get over the fence, unfortunately. It'll be a double for Jace Peterson, but Rowdy Telez has to go back to third. 3-1 Brewers get the win in San Francisco over the Giants. Oh, yeah, by the way, magic number down to 21. 21 is the magic number as that number continues to go down and down and down. Drop two spots today because the Brewers win and the Cincinnati Reds end up losing. Again, 3-1, the final score. Brewers continue to play close, tight games against the San Francisco Giants, and that is something that manager Craig Council discussed as he opened up his postgame comments just a little while ago. I mean, they're 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 a very good baseball team. Um, you know, I thought this game was uh, this is the type of game that's played in this park. Um, just haven't been here a lot. This is the it was it's the kind of game that uh, you play here. It's you got to get hits with runners in scoring position. Uh, you got to play good defense. Um, you know, and um, it, uh, that's what the game was tonight. Really, um, you got you got to pitch well, and so. You know, we, we did a nice job. Corbin was excellent. Our, our bullpen was excellent again. Um, we, we got, you know, we got some early runs, a uh, big two-out hit by Omar. Corbin helped help the cause. Um, you know, nice at-bat by Louis Urias to, to, to punch a run home um, in the eighth. And then, you know, we kind of got, you know, unfortunately, the double. The ball Jay said is, you know, a bomb, which is, a, which is how the, this park suppresses runs because that's a – home run in every other park and, and unfortunately we don't score a run because of it 
Craig, the Giants put some good at-bats on Corbin in the middle of that game. Um, you think that's sort of you tip your cap to both sides in that, that they're, they're battling him and he ends up winning so many of those battles? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think good hitters are going to do that to a pitcher. They're going to they're going to extend at bats. Corbin, you know, like you said, I think won most of those battles eventually, but they did um, they did extend some at bats. But that's that's you know their job. Um, and he, he kept making pitches and you know didn't really let him put balls in play well. Um, so you know that that's part of the game. But uh, he he put up a bunch of zeros and um, did a really nice job. Craig, did Josh's velocity stand out to you tonight? Um, look, I, I mean, I think this is a fun place to play. There, there's great. They have there's really good atmosphere here. Um, they're, they're, they have good fans here. Um, they make it feel like a big game. Um, and that's that's I think Josh felt it too. And and so you're you're you know we we get the players get adrenaline too. And and then. Josh felt had some adrenaline tonight and was feeling good. So, you know, we saw a little bit uptick in velocity. Craig, Craig, there were a couple of big outs in that seventh after Boxberger came in. One was that nice play Arias made to keep his foot on the bag on that throw from Omar. And then Bach uh, topping up Dickerson, you know, first and third, where a ball to the outfield probably scores around. No, I mean, you know, we, you know, just a ground ball got through. Unfortunately, Box did a heck of a job. Ground ball gets through, um, and he gets, you know, Omar makes a nice play to keep the keep the lead run off of out of scoring position. Um, we get the we get a pop up, um, you know, and then Ruff hits the ball hard. But yeah, I mean, it was just a it was kind of a box. He's he's, he's making pitches. Um, he's in the strike zone. Um, and he and he and he got us out of a, out of jam. You know, they got first and second. They got something working, and uh, we we minimized it. Craig, can those be tough games for your hitters when you're seeing a different pitcher every at bat? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, you can you can take it two ways. I mean, it, of course, it's 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 a bullpen game, um, but we got a four game series here, and we ran through a lot of their bullpen. So, um, you know, I think. And we won the game. So it's, you know, it is a challenge. And of course, we saw all their pitchers, um, you know, guys got looks against all their bullpen guys. I, I think that's valuable. And we, you know, put them in a spot where we got three games left and they got, they're off to a start where, you know, they've, they've got some, um, if we can do some damage against a starter tomorrow, then, then we can put them in a tough spot. So, you know, you can look at it two ways. Um, you know, I, I look at it like, they had to spend a lot of resources tonight, and hopefully we can make them uh, make that good for us later in the series. Craig, uh, Chris Bryant was just mentioning how he, he thought coming over here he was done seeing Corbin Burns on the other side, and uh, you see him, you know, lead off the ninth there, and uh, I'm sure you kind of have some of those same feelings, like you've seen this guy uh, do some damage for a lot of years on the other side. Yeah, no, I mean, he's, he's a good, he's obviously been a great addition for the Giants and, um, you know, they're, he's, he's a tough out no matter what. And he's a tough guy to go through a bunch, but, um, we are, we are very familiar with him. Um, 
kind of know his strengths, know his weaknesses. So, you know, I, I don't know if that's sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. You know, he's got knowledge too, but it's a it's a very familiar player. But with what happened last year, this this team is not that familiar, frankly, um, because we we missed him last year. Um, so it's it, it's it's interesting. We're playing him a bunch late in the year and. By the end of seven games, it's it, they're going to feel like everybody's going to feel pretty familiar here. 3-1, Brewers get the win over the Giants, and Brewers and Giants could be playing again in maybe, what, seven weeks or so? Is that when the NLCS would be played? You, uh, The way things are, are like, things can change, but they're probably not going to change. Uh, the Braves, the Phillies could overtake the Braves. That's still a race. Braves have a three-and-a-half game lead. Um, Brewers are going to win the NL Central. They've got a nine-and-a-half game lead. Giants-Dodgers, that could play out either way. Either of those teams could end up winning the division. However, uh, they're because the team coming out of that division is probably going to have the best record in baseball, uh, you would then suspect that they will match up again against the other if they make it through the wild-card game, uh, which there's a scenario where one team has the best record in the National League, the other team has the second best record in the National League, and that other team is sent to a winner-take-all wild-card game, which is, uh, which is just crazy. And by the way, the Brewers, um, when it comes to the overall standings in the National League and where they're at, because they've been sitting, um, they, they've been sitting kind of in the second spot unofficially because, again, one of those West teams will be the wild card. Uh, so in terms of division winners, the second best division winner or division leader in terms of record, uh, Brewers are now, uh, after the win today, four and a half games back of the Giants. So still still in striking distance of that top record in the National League. Not, not overly likely that they get it, but also not something that is impossible. All right, uh, how did this game play out? We'll tell you what the highlights. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Pauley. 3-1. Brewers get the win over the Giants. Pitching matchup. Corbin Burns going for the crew. Ends up being Jose Alvarez on the mound for the Giants. The bullpen game. Johnny Cueto was scratched right before the game got started. Uh, Brewers would uh, strike through in the early going. They would uh, get a run in the top of the first inning with one out. Christian Yelich at the plate. Swinging a ground ball fair inside the bag at first. Yelich digging around first, trying for two. Here comes the throw. It's not in time. It's a one-out double for Christian Yelich. I said strike through. It could be strike or it could be breakthrough. I don't know where strike through came from, but you get the idea of what I'm going with. Christian Yelich was on at second. A ground out off the bat of Avisael Garcia would move him to third. It would bring up Omar Narvaez. The pitch on the way. Narvaez slaps one to center, a base hit. The Brewers have the lead here in the first. The double by Yelich, and then Narvaez at the two out RBI single. One nothing Milwaukee. They add to the lead in the second. Jace Peterson leads the inning off with a walk. A ground out moves him to second. He's on at second base for Corbin Burns. And the pitch, swing and a line drive, base hit to left. Peterson's going to be sent around third. The throw will go to second, and Corbin Burns helps his own cause. An RBI single for Corbin. It's 2-0 Milwaukee. 
After a Colton Wong base hit and a Christian Yelich fielder's choice, the day would be over for Alvarez. Former Brewer Jay Jackson would come in. He would strike out of Isael Garcia. 2 nothing going to the bottom of the second inning where Corbin Burns just continued to uh, roll through as uh, he had a nice bottom of the second, striking uh, out two. In the third, Harlan Garcia comes in to pitch for the Giants. He puts up a zero. The uh, continued success of Corbin Burns would continue. In fact, in the uh, fourth inning, he would get Buster Posey to fly out. He does give up a base hit to uh, Brandon Belt, but then Chris Bryant strikes out, and it brings up Brandon Crawford. Here's the pitch. This is hit high and deep. Right center field, Jackie Bradley Jr. onto the warning track with a play. And that's the right part of the park for Jackie Bradley Jr. to run one down. Told you this is a unique ballpark. That ball was hit a long ways. Yeah, off the bat, it felt like it could have been a home run. It would have tied it up. Instead, it's a fly out in the inning. Still 2-0 as we go to the fifth. In the bottom of the fifth inning, Mike Yastrzemski would fly out. Uh, Alex Dickerson would ground out, and that would bring up Jason Vosler. 1-2 coming. Struck him out. He went right back to it at 92. That's most people's fastball. And that's Corbin Burns' changeup. Another Acunet mortgage rock solid strikeout. Seven of them for Corbin Burns. Yeah, this is when the strikeouts are really starting to pile up for Burns. In fact, in the sixth inning with one out, he's facing off against Lamont Wade. 1-2 pitch. Swing and a foul held on to by Narvaez. That's a strikeout. Number eight for Corbin Burns. Another Acunet mortgage rock solid strikeout. And then he matches up against Buster Posey. 2-2 pitch. Struck him out looking. 97 on the black of the outside corner. Another three-up, three-down inning for Corbin Burns. He's got nine Ks through six scoreless. He comes back out for the seventh inning. First battery faces Brandon Belt. 2 nothing Brewers as we go to the bottom of the seventh inning, and Brandon Belt leads off against Corbin Burns. And first pitch, hit out to deep right. Jumping up is Avi Garcia. It's off the wall, and it's going to roll away from Garcia. Bradley over there to collect it. He uncorks the throw to third. Boy, was that a throw by Jackie Bradley Jr. Belt checks into second with a leadoff double. That gets the bullpen up and going as Brad Boxberger gets, uh, starts getting warm. Next hitter is Chris Bryant. The pitch, and this is lined into left for a base hit. Coming on is Yelich on a couple of hops. They're going to hold Belt at third, and the Giants have him on the corners with nobody out against Corbin Burns. Yeah, so the go-ahead run is coming up to the plate in the person of Brandon Crawford, but he's not going to face off against Corbin Burns as his day ends at that moment. Brad Boxberger comes in, facing off against Crawford. And it's rolled to second base, past Colton Long's glove, and that's going to score a run. An RBI single for Crawford, just a well-placed ground ball just out of the outstretched arms of Colton Long at second base. And the Giants have got on the board. It's a 2-1 ball game. And just a one-run lead all of a sudden for the Brewers. Feels like the Giants have a lot of momentum. Runners at first and second. Mike Yastrzemski comes up to the plate. He reaches on a fielder's choice uh, where Crawford is out at second. So that puts runners at the corners for Alex Dickerson, who pops out to Luis Urias. Those are two really, really big outs. And uh, then it brings up a pinch hitter in Darren Roof. 
to the right field side of the second base bag. The 0-1 pitch. Line to left. Back on it is Yelich. He's got it. Just in front of the warning track. Hit hard off the bat of Ruff. But Yelich was back there. And the Brewers get out of it. They surrender a run, but that's it. Yeah, really hard hit ball. Boxberger gets out of it. Brewers have a 2-1 lead. They answer in the top of the eighth inning. Dominic Leone on to pitch for the Giants. He walks Aviseo Garcia. Omar Nervaez then reaches on the fielder's choice. Garcia out at second. That brings up Rowdy Telez. 2-0 coming back. An action pitch. Here it is. Swain a bullet into right a base hit. Narvaez is going to go from first to third. Rowdy Telez stops at first with a single. Hit it right underneath the glove of Brandon Belt. He had very little time to react to that sharply hit ground ball. The Brewers have him on the corners with one away for Luis Urias. Yeah, Omar Narvaez at third. Less than uh, two outs, and Urias does exactly what he needs to do. Swing and a line drive hit to right. Lamont Wade back, and he'll make the catch on the warning track. Tagging and coming in to score is Narvaez. It's a sacrifice fly for Luis Urias. Make it 3-1 Brewers. The next hitter was Jace Peterson. Hits a ground rule double. Really bad luck. That takes a run off the board. Had it not gone over the wall for a ground rule double, Rowdy Telez would have scored easily. Instead, he's brought back to third, and the inning ends with Telez at third. Brewers have a 3-1 lead. Devin Williams comes on to pitch the eighth inning. Gets uh, Wilmer Flores to ground out. Lamont Wade then walks in front of Buster Posey. Fastball struck him out looking. 97 right on the edge of the strike zone. Perfect pitch from Devin Williams, who'd done nothing but throw change-ups for the last eight pitches, and then he comes back with a two-seamer right on the outside corner. That was a just a perfect, beautiful pitch from Devin Williams. Brandon Belt then lines out to Colton Wong. Nice play by Wong. The ball kind of deflected off of his glove. He caught it uh, off the deflection with his bare hand, and the Brewers take a 3-1 lead to the ninth. In the bottom of the ninth, Josh Hader comes on. First batter he faces is Chris Bryant. Come along, too. The pitch to Bryant, swinging a line drive left center. That's headed towards the gap. It is in the gap and off the wall. Bryant digs into second base. He's going to have a leadoff double against Josh Hader. So it brings up the tying run to the plate, and Brandon Crawford, he lines out to uh, Colton Wong. Then Mike Yastrzemski grounds out uh, Luis Urias to Rowdy Telez, where uh, Telez tried to apply the tag. They said he did. Not sure if he did or not, but then Yastrzemski completely missed the bag, and Telez went and touched it. So he's going to be out one way or the other. They did review the play, but he was out. So uh, that's the second out of the inning, and it brings up a pinch hitter in Austin Slater. He kicks and deals. Little pop-up behind second base. Colton Wong going out, coming over Garcia. It's Avi Garcia making the catch and ending this ball game. The Brewers beat the Giants by a final of 3-1 here in game one of this four-game series in San Francisco. Brewers come up with the win, 3-1 with the win. Uh, they move to 80-52 and 52 with the loss. The Giants go to 84-47, and 47, winning totals for the Brewers. 
Three runs, nine hits, no errors. They end up leaving eight. For San Francisco, one run, six hits, no errors. They leave six. Winning pitcher Corbin Burns, he goes to nine and four. The loss to Alvarez, he drops to four and two. Josh Hader the save. It is his 28th of the year. No home runs hit. The game lasting three hours and 15 minutes. Played in front of a good crowd of 23,154 folks at Oracle Park. Brewers get the 3-1 win over the Giants. We will uh, come back. We'll preview game two of the series, and uh, we'll get you uh, some scores from around baseball as well. That's up next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Starting to wrap up the program after the Brewers get a 3-1 win over the San Francisco Giants around the NL Central. Only one other game was played. It helps the Brewers. The Cardinals defeat the Reds 3-1. John Lester goes six and a third, giving up a run on just one hit, five strikeouts, two walks. He picks up the win to go to uh, five and six. He's been pitching well recently for St. Louis. Paul Goldschmidt uh, went deep for the Cardinals, his 22nd of the year in the loss for the Reds. Luis Castillo, six innings, three runs on five hits, eight strikeouts, two walks. Kyle Farmer hit a home run for uh, Cincinnati. It was his 12th of the So as we take a look at the standings, first off in the Central, Brewers now have a nine-and-a-half game lead on the Reds. Cardinals 12 back, Cubs 23 back, Pirates 31-and-a-half back. Taking a look at the wild card race, the Reds holding the top wild card spot over the San Diego Padres by a half game. Don't look now. The Cardinals only two and a half games back of that second wild card, and the Philadelphia Phillies are within three games of the wild card. So you got four teams right now within three games of each other contending for that final wild card spot. We'll see how that plays out. Brewers and Giants will play game two of this four-game series coming up uh, Tuesday night. It's going to be Brandon Woodruff on the mound for the crew. Right-hander comes in with an 8-7 and seven record, a 2.38 ERA. He's going to be opposed by... Somebody. It's not going to be Alex Wood. He's on the COVID list. Might be Johnny Cueto if he's able to uh, start tomorrow after he missed today's uh, start. Whoever it's going to be, 845 first pitch, 810 for uh, Brewers uh, coverage. We'll talk to you after the game here on WTMJ.